Hey, this is Kathy Leadbus with the Revenue Accelerator Podcast. I have Molly McLaughlin. Yes. So happy I didn't (laughs) screw that up because I didn't practice it first. I know you guys probably get really tired of hosts saying that, but there's some level of prep that goes into this. And the last name is typically one I always forget to practice. (laughs) All good. (laughs) Like keeping it real with people, right? So Molly is the creator and lead behavioral change coach at Sleep is a Skill. So yes, Sleep apparently is something that's kind of important for us to have. As a sleep-deprived mom, it'll be interesting what kind of questions come out (laughs) from my end. But basically, really, the focus here is how to optimize people's sleep through a unique blend of technology, accountability, and behavioral change, which I know that a lot of people resist that third one. Um, So basically, from what I understand, you kind of grew the company or was born really from scratching your own itch, which I love that you do that, which is basically you suffered from poor sleep and you're like, all right, I'm done with this. And then all of these amazing things happen for you and for your business through developing your unique mechanism to be able to solve this problem that seems to affect, impact, right? A ton of people. Um, Now you take this further by really looking at the chronobiological aspect of things, right? Um, And really looking at the practical application to restore, right? That, okay, you're going to throw all these like homeostasis. How's that for being able to pull out a bio word? Um, I've heard it before, never quite seen it written down. So leveraging these, you know, aspects for restore to sleep, right? And not only in your life, but in all of your clients' life. Um, And really kind of creating that balance between living right fully, because, you know, sometimes when you're sleep deprived, it's a bit of an existence experience um, and really kind of thriving in life. So that work-life balance, if you will. So Molly, thank you for joining us today. Ah, well, thank you so much for having me and for, you know, you just really nailed uh, kind of the the background. And I think it is important because, uh, you know, this creation of this company came from, like you said, my own uh, problems with my sleep. And so definitely a stance that, um, you know, no matter where you're at in your sleep, that there's absolutely things that we can do to up level. Uh, I can certainly, you know, share lots of those today. Uh, but I really appreciate, you know, you kind of, you nailed, uh, the, the, the whole background of it. Yeah. Well, you know, do a good job pretending like I'm not reading. So (laughs) (laughs) nailed it. Yeah. Right. So like, all right. So a lot of us have heard this word before, but I'm going to let you go ahead and set it up here. Circadian rhythm versus the cicadas that I'm hearing outside right now. So just timestamp right there in terms of what's happening on the East coast. Um, what is it really like layman's terms and why does it really kind of, what role does it play with our sleep? Right. Especially let me little, little asterisks with the technology aspect of things that we deal with on a day to day. Mm, yeah. Uh, so, you know, what is this concept of circadian rhythm? It's that, um, about every 24 hours we're operating on this cycle. It's, you know, about the length of the, um, shifting, uh, the rotation of the earth and the, that 24 hour rhythm. Now we also, um, really operate within from this biological perspective. Um, and as diurnal creatures, meaning that we're meant to be active during the day and at rest at night, uh, that's really been the breakdown of these 24 hours for, uh, you know, a very long stretch of time since humans have roamed the earth. There's been a particular way that we operated around our sleep. Um, and, 
part of the reason that we have this stance that sleep is a skill now in our 21st century. Uh, you know, it might have been a more challenging uh, argument to make if you were to go back thousands of years uh, when we really were aligned with these rhythms of nature a bit more. But now, because of the fact that we've gotten out of alignment with that circadian rhythm um, that we were speaking of, because there is a really important call out when we're speaking about circadian rhythms is that it exists really on a spectrum. So it's not just like a fixed state, uh, you know, with the spectrum, you can either be on the weaker side of the spectrum or on the stronger side. So a stronger circadian rhythm and it's dynamic and you might, you know, kind of ebb and flow at different points, but the knowingness that, uh, it's, it, there's a shifting and that there's a lot that we do both in our environmentally and behaviorally in a number of ways, uh, that can impact it. And it goes back to what you spoke on with the, uh, you know, even electronic or things that we're, um, you know, bringing into this uh, rhythm that can throw us a bit off of that pattern. And what's exciting to discuss too, or one of the exciting things to discuss, I think today is this concept of circadian rhythm entrainment. Um, so that's a framework that we utilize to help entrain uh, the strength of that system and look to move us further to that stronger side. And, you know, when you think of people that demonstrate sort of naturally that stronger side of the circadian rhythm. They're often the, the people that, you know, maybe all go out and they're the same, the people that still are waking up at around the same time the next morning, despite all of the whatever debauchery that might've happened the night before, they're still staying on a schedule. Uh, and we're really looking to lean into having some element of that so that there's this consistency, count onableness, this regularity. Um, but then the whole fallout that that can bring about from a hormonal perspective, behavioral perspective, um, overall health and well-being, a number of things that, uh, that kind of cascades out to. Yeah. So, you know, let's the, be real. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people in terms of like, you know, everyone, not, most people don't have the ability to just say, okay, I'm going to go to sleep when I want and I'm going to wake up when I want. Right. So that yeah. seems to be a luxury, which equates to sleep is a luxury for a lot of people yeah. in terms of the consistency of it. So whether you have young kids, uh, you know, like me, seven, five, and three, right at this point, um, or you have other responsibilities, or maybe you're even someone who has to work late into the evenings for whatever reason, either that's how it works out in your house, or that's just the shift that works best for you. How do you recommend people kind of create that consistency in their sleep when their life is an inconsistent experience? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Assuming that consistent sleep is something that I think you advocate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Cause absolutely. You know, if we're maintaining that uh, key framework, that circadian rhythm entrainment to entrain mm -hmm. uh, that rhythm, it's looking to have kind of consistent, um, you know, kind of cues and with what you're pointing to, absolutely. There are certain situations, um, where there's many things that are going to be at odds with that goal. Uh, so, you know, I work with a lot of, um, people that, uh, have some element of shift work. So I work with a lot of poker players, especially, um, that, you know, certain elements Context, of shift work. He lives in Vegas right now. So. Yes, exactly. This, this is full on poker <laughs> central, the main right? Poker players association, but like, you know, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's a fantastic case study because they're, um, one, uh, often functioning similar to shift workers with, uh, even, 
um, the, the most challenging of shift workers. Cause often there's uh, kind of an, a dynamic. Cause even if you're, if you're working nights and that's just what you always do, at least we can create a lifestyle around that. But then there's that, um, rotating shift worker that that can be really challenging. Cause then one week you're doing a whole set of things and next week is a whole other set of things. And similar to poker, um, they have a lot of variability, but not only that, their environment um, is really devoid of cues that would tell us something about on purpose. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> on purpose, you can't tell what time it is, what, you know, what is it light? Is it dark? We don't know. Uh, all of these elements and a lot of stressors, either excitement or, um, you know, real upsets. Anxiety, yeah, all the things, alcohol also. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the, you know, um, the strength of the player and professionalists and, you know, all of that, but, um, but absolutely. So there's certain situations where, and there's shift workers that we, you know, for the fabric of our society, we depend on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, you know, making a huge difference in our, in the workability of our lives. And yet this is, uh, by the world health organization ranks as a possible carcinogenic to be working in these night shifts, um, consistently. So we know that there are concerns around the health implications when we are kind of being challenged by this goal of strengthening our circadian rhythm. So you make this great point. Often there are things that might be uh, in the environment that can be at odds. Uh, So one, we're looking to... um, really create as much of a, uh, a consistent rhythm as possible. So what we have people do is create what we call our circadian crafted day. Uh, so they really look at their, at the structures of their ideal day. Um, but through the lens of circadian rhythm optimization. So as this diurnal creature, we're looking to have two part system to our day, very clear, um, uh, denoting of yes, this is daytime and uh, the daytime activities and what that looks like. Cause those all act as what they're uh, called as zeitgeibers or time givers to the body to basically tell us what time it is and what the body needs to be doing and when. Um, and then on the second half of the, of the day, going into that night mode and having a whole set of cues that then denote, okay, well, what do we do in the second half of the day? And what is, you know, what had historically been done for so many thousands of years? How can we bring that in and make a marriage between that and our smartphones and our, all the fun things. Uh, so, so with that, couple things to bear in mind. It's that one, uh, one of the most important aspects of this, and this still applies, even if we do have some of those elements, because we might have to reframe, um, for certain periods of our life that it's likely we will have more fragmented sleep. So parents, uh, (laughs) newborns, yeah, all of these, uh, periods in our time in our life that we might reframe that, okay, this is going to be a particular way for a particular period of time. Um, but so what can we do to optimize where we do have some say and some control and, um, you know, enacting support structures as much as possible, you know, and I hear you on the luxury side of things. Uh, <laughs> we don't all have, you know, night nurses or whatever. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, sorry, just a moment where a world in which that would have existed. For- Can you imagine that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we were just chatting before we even started that, you know, for me, I'm even, questioning, uh, you know, will I have kids? Will I not have kids? I know so much of what, or I have, a um, uh, an element or a insight into just what even the data looks like when we are parents and I have a, such a respect. It's like, you know, it's a real, well, and then that some people do this to themselves multiple times over on purpose. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> just like in awe. It's like amazing. Um, you know, so there are those periods of time that there are certain things we can control, certain things we can't control. So um, I think what is really important here too is all these areas that we can control that many of us might have not. Certainly when I um, was dealing with my areas of uh, difficulties with my sleep that I had no concept of some of the things that would impact uh, my results with my sleep and how they began from the minute I woke up pretty much in the morning um, and things that I'm doing all throughout the course of the day and that those can impact my results at night. It's not just a nighttime phenomenon of just, you know, okay, now I'm getting into bed. Now what, what great magic meditation or supplement or whatever. Uh, Cause there's so many things that we can do downstream. Right. So, I mean, that kind of hits on a big thing. So we all know that like blue blockers, right. Are, are a bigger thing, you know, um, there the, people talk about, don't leave your phone next to your bedside table. Hmm. <laughs> right. Like you should <laughs> yes. stop all technology, like an hour before you go to bed. Um, you know, all these things, because all of this technology stuff, right. Is affecting our ability to not only get to sleep, but what I read the other night was stay asleep. Meaning that even though you might be able to fall asleep with this all this technology you're doing, you might be affecting your quality of sleep because you're engaging in these activities. What are your thoughts on, on those things and the reality of people actually being able to mitigate that or commit to that fully? Yeah. Great question. And I think so relatable because, you know, so many of us are dealing with these, um, you know, addictions, pings on our, you know, right. Like what am I missing out on in a world that I'm not actually physically in, but you know, I digress. (laughs) Yes, totally. Um, and you know, just even from the biological standpoint of, um, if we're thinking about this framework on how to entrain the system. So what is the system anyway, we're looking at, um, uh, essentially we're looking at impacting our super nucleus, which is, uh, right, really directed, uh, directly connected to our eyes that acts as our master clock and really aims to keep our whole body on time and mm-hmm. then communicates with all these peripheral clocks throughout the, you know, uh, virtually every cell in our body that again is really looking to maintain, um, order in a lot of ways and a whole cascade of effects that happen, um, as a result of what time it's perceived to be. And if there's a lack of clarity with that timing, then there can be a whole fallout and some of these, um, devices and then the stimulation that can come from them and what have you can throw us off track. Also, when we talk about things like blue blockers, um, that's aiming to block, uh, kind of the wrong signaling at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there can even be confusion about the, when to use those blue blockers. Uh, so a couple things to go back to, um, you know, just the top down most important things. If we're looking to strengthen this area in alignment with a world where we have all these, uh, you know, kind of hits on our attention, one, uh, top most important is light. And so I think many of us might not, we might have heard about, oh yeah, blue light, whatever. Uh, but you know, not also understanding how this really applies even first thing in the morning. Uh, so for light, the, uh, element there is that, and I hope that even if you get nothing else out of what I'm saying today, that uh, one takeaway is that an area to strengthen for many of us can be that when we first wake up, that we're looking to cultivate something known as sunlight anchoring. 
And sunlight anchoring is to anchor the first half of your day uh, with a, a shot of bright light exposure uh, for ideally, you know, a, a decent slice of time. So what does that look like? We're looking to ideally within the first two to three hours, but really, if you're looking for optimal, the first 30 minutes or so of getting outside and getting uh, particularly your eyes exposed to sunlight that's in uh, the environment and not having, you know, some um, sunglasses, hats, all these things to block that, um, but really being exposed to that in those early morning hours. Um, And when you're doing that, you're looking to have that exposure for uh, ideally around the 20 minutes. If you can do more, great. If you, uh, but even at the same time to start this habit, even if you're starting with a few minutes to begin, and then hopefully we can build up, but just, you know, uh, logging a few minutes as a win can be a great place to begin. Uh, and that, that can act. And so it's a daily process of resetting that clock. So it's not just like you do it once. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, it's that you're doing it every single day and it becomes a part of your daily ritual. So what's so cool about this is that it has a real cause and effect for those of us, you know, that are kind of like, okay, we're pragmatic. We've got a lot to do. Uh, this one is a practice that really has, um, the impact is that it, it has a say on when you get tired in the evening. Mm. So the earlier you get that first shot of bright light, then the earlier you're going to get tired in the evening. Uh, You can also strategically use this. So like some poker players, if they know they have to bring, um, you know, use the poker players as an example of just, you know, like cognitive situation. Yeah, right. To have been like, all right, in a dark room, well, a light, bright room with no windows, no context of what time it is. Because I have been to Vegas once. Um, yeah. And that happened to me where I'm like, I have no, like no concept, no concept. Yeah, well, totally. Like, you look at your clock and you don't know if it's AM or PM, but it's nine something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, so from that place, you're just really looking to, um, get connected to the timing. So you can strategically then, uh, if you want it. And so some people do this at travel a lot for jet lag mitigation and what have you, if you actually want to stay up later and you want to not go to bed earlier, which, you know, for most most of us, um, often we're looking to phase advance, which is to go to fall asleep earlier. But if you're looking to phase delay, then you can not get that br- uh, shot of bright light until later on in the day. And then you'll get tired later on. So there's a real, you know, kind of, um, relationship there. So you're aiming to begin your days with that and then get as much, you know, kind of, um, hits of bright light throughout the course of the day too. Vitamin D is really, really crucial to getting great sleep. It's this, um, kind of this cocktail of a precursor to serotonin and melatonin. Uh, so in order to get to that, um, sufficient melatonin production in the evening, then it's, uh, wrapped up in this conversation of, do you have sufficient vitamin D? Uh, so, you know, beginning there can make a lot of sense, but then you're You're also looking that if there is a time to get blue light, it's during that period, those early parts of the day. um, And blue light is present in the sunlight, but it's a full frequency uh, light. So it's often paired. So it's going to be always paired with uh, red light, infrared light, which is that healing um, element, like this red light over here, uh, which has that infrared, right? So um, often it'd be paired um, with these other spectrums that kind of keep us alert, keep us awake. Now, some people might say, well, I'm behind a window, so I'm fine. But in certain studies, um, 
Uh, Jamie Zeitzer uh, is a really uh, well-known um, uh, researcher in this area of circadian rhythm uh, entrainment. And so some of his studies point to that it can take 50 to hundred times longer to reset your master clock from behind a window. And it's not like a thing where it's like linear, where you can just, okay, well, I'll sit longer. It doesn't really work like that. It's like, so you really need to get the outside um, exposure and that bright light. Uh, and then if you're on different parts of the globe and different times of the year and different, um, you know, kind of weather conditions, then there's a lot to con- consider there. But uh, in counter to what a lot of people will say, they're like, oh, well, it's cloudy. So why bother? Um, actually, you want to do the opposite. And then you want to stay out for an extended period of time uh, longer than you normally would to get that, even though it's dimmer than just expand the amount of time you that you're out there. get a sunburn, even though it's overcast, right? That's, exactly. That's that danger thing. If you're not feeling the heat as much intensely, but it's still coming in and those UV lights arrays, well, burn your skin. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's why you're also, um, you become a bit of a connoisseur of light because on the earlier side of the day, um, so when, you know, and I know this can be dependent. So if some people are on a different schedule, like the, those shift workers, kind of a different conversation, in but Alaska where it's only really good for six months of the year. Exactly. Yeah. Which I've had a number of clients through Alaska, Sweden, some of these mm. places where it's just, you know, dark all at once, light all at once. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lot to consider, but for the average person, those early morning, hours or the sunlight is very different. It's stretching over the horizon differently. So it's, uh, you know, not as intense as it will be at like solar noon or what have you. Uh, so, you know, you'll become more connected to these things when you start making this a regular practice. So the big, um, takeaway is that you're looking to have as bright of days as possible, particularly anchored on the first half of the morning. Uh, and then after that you're shifting down. So you're looking to have a high ratio. So bright, bright, uh, kind of mornings, and then a very dim evenings post sunset. Mm-hmm. So when that's when those blue blockers can come out and not the clear ones. Um, unfortunately those don't quite do the job in the evenings. The orangey ones. Yes. The orangey or the red, um, and not diluting ourselves and thinking like, Oh, well I can have all these bright lights and screens and la la la. But then I have got these blue blockers that I spent 150 or whatever on. Uh, so they must be good. Uh, you know, it, it hell, it can, you know, impact and yet it's not going to do the whole job. So you really, uh, want to shift your environment to, I, Ideally, um, like, you know, interestingly, uh, NASA did a really cool study looking at candlelight usage of all things. Um, and so, and the reason they look at candlelight is a very warm, uh, hues and very low lux output. So you're looking to have that, um, really low lighting environment in the evening, uh, and then going into when you go to sleep, total darkness basically is that difference, which many of us kind of know, but then we might overlook like the glowing, whatever, you know, lights that are in our space or something like that. I I love my blackout blinds. I mean, blackout blinds, not just blinds guys, blackout blinds. Like I'm like stitching them in the middle of the seam and like the sleep is so much better. Like I have gone to sleep where let's say, you know, the bathroom door is open and there's a window in there and the light's still coming in and that will actually keep me up or wake me up in the morning. Um, and I know that given that there's a blackout blinds in my room, I will stay asleep longer. So instead of getting up at six, because the sun's kind of hitting me in my face, I'll yes, guys, I get up at eight o'clock. So yes, <laughs> I'm also going to bed later. I have a three-year-old, so, <laughs> um, or, I don't even know what he, how old he is. He's two. I think he's two. I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it all blurs. Yep. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so like, 
a lot of this, these issues, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, are really a, a lot of it. One is, is managing your time and, and setting your, you know, resetting your circadian rhythm and actually following the rhythm so that it supports you. But there's a big influence in terms of technology disrupting that given our day to day in terms of what we're engaged in. But sleep deprivation also has a huge impact. And you were sharing this with me in terms of other diseases that have things to do like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and um, hold on, let me see if I can find it. I can't, um, anyway, you know, um, yes. yeah, those were the two and dementia. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, like what's the correlation and are those things that can be reversed in a way? So like we've maybe done certain amount of damage to ourselves already, just kind of like if we've been suntanning since we were the nine years old, we've done damage to our skin, but there are things that we can do to kind of correct the skin damage. Are there things that we can do when it comes to sleep to correct the damage that we've done, you know, from those late night partying and have to get up and going to work years? Yeah. Great questions. Uh, so one, um, Many uh, people have likely heard some of the more uh, rumblings of different articles and um, press around linking sleep deprivation to some of those things that you mentioned, um, neurodegenerative disorders or um, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia. And uh, so for a long time, it was a question of, um, is it correlative or uh, is there a causation element here? Uh, And what it seems to be, the more and more studies that come out seems to be a very strong connection um, to this element of sleep deprivation and, uh, some of these problems. So part of what has been discovered in more recent years was this conversation around, um, glymphatic drainage versus lymphatic drainage. So, you know, we might be familiar with lymphatic, uh, a little bit more connected there, whereas glymphatic with the G, uh, is looking, it's, it's this conversation of, in, um, uh, throughout the course of our sleep that our brain is actually shrinking in size, uh, while we're sleeping to facilitate this, um, fluid to really flush out the toxins of the day. Uh, and so, and then by shuttling those out, and then we're kind of clearing out the brain for proper functionality, not only for the next day, but then for, you know, 30 years down the road or however long down the road um, from that long-term conversation of things, uh, which can be a challenge for people to conceptualize. So there's even uh, different universities that are looking to kind of gamify this and then say like, oh, you um, have staved off your risk of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's by, you know, this percentage because of the sleep you got last night and like, really try to make it more tangible because it can be challenging for us when we don't have a sense of like an immediacy to our um, behaviors. Society. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Instant you know, gratification coming right yeah. up. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, we got to serve up this possibility of like gamifying or get a point system or some reward or something, but, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, in, uh, in absence of that kind of gamification for now, uh, then just really, um, having reverence for the fact that that, um, system is really a, a real tangible way of preventing, um, cause before there was this conversation of dementia, um, Parkinson's Alzheimer's like, you know, how do you prevent them? What do you do? And there's a big question marks, whereas this seems to be a really plausible, um, area to improve upon, to make a real lasting difference to, um, you know, stave off any of these concerns later in life. Uh, so one that you can cultivate getting particularly that deep sleep. So 
Mm. Deep sleep is on the first half of the night uh, for most people. And so uh, with that, then you're looking to cultivate uh, one, that regularity, because if you are having a lot of ups and downs with the bedtime and wake time, uh, then the body tends to still try to keep our sleep on schedule. So you can be cutting off some of those possibilities with getting that deep sleep when say you go to bed later to watch whatever, an extra episode of Netflix, something, something. Uh, so then all done it guys. Right. Right. So, you know, with that, um, that can be, you know, slicing off some of that possibility to get into that levels of deep sleep. Um, then there's also some common things that can affect deep sleep possibilities. One, um, can be a really common one, just eating later. And so for a lot of people, you might think, well, I'm not eating that late. Like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but what we find is that, um, particularly if you can even practice experiments of having say like four hours before bed, uh, when you're stopping your last bite of food, uh, that can make a real difference for lowering heart rate. Um, because it's just, it's, you know, it's a, uh, active process to digest. And so a lot of blood flows going to the stomach, all of these things are happening versus the emphasis that we want to be putting, particularly on the brain, among other things throughout the course of your deep sleep cycles. Uh, you want the body to be able to be focusing on what it needs to be doing versus, you know, digesting whatever, you know, you, um, chose to have later on in the night. So it's actually known as, um, circadian rhythm, intermittent fasting. So you're looking to have your, um, food between sunrise and sunset. And that can often help really improve the quality of that sleep, particularly in this conversation of deep sleep. Um, and that can also be important for recovery if you're training or uh, growth hormone is um, a big portion of that is produced during deep sleep. So you're not hindering that, um, you know, for men, questions of testosterone production uh, for women, you know, kind of the balancing of these hormones. Uh, and if you're of menstruating age, then that kind of cycle, uh, all of that can be really thrown off if we're not cultivating those levels of deep sleep. Um, and then further in on that topic, kind of, you know, with that circadian rhythm entrainment, we did mention that light is the most important factor. So light, and of course you can't think of light without darkness. Um, but uh, the second part of the rung is temperature. So uh, both ambient, you know, so the temperature and environment, but also some of the things that we do that can shift our body temperature, like uh, the meal timing is one of them, but also exercise timing, um, even thought timing is in a really interesting one that, you know, with chronic insomniacs, we see uh, you know, the, uh, in certain studies looking at the brain matter and the prefrontal cortex of, uh, chronic insomniacs of being actually a higher temperature and the inability to, for them to kind of, uh, cease this like hyper aroused brain state and to lower the temperature. So there's even gadgets out there that will cool, um, your forehead. So the prefrontal cortex, and then seem to have an impact on people's ability for, uh, lowering sleep latency and the time it takes to fall asleep. So all of these things to say that, um, you know, all of these things can then impact your ability to access those, uh, deeper levels of sleep. Uh, and then there's a number of other things that can further impact that chronopharmacology. So the sign, the timing of the drugs that you're taking, um, and you know, it's not even like doesn't have to be dramatic drugs. Like it can just be really common ones like alcohol, THC, um, you know, caffeine, uh, and then of course, um, uh, supplements and, uh, sleeping aids, but then other drugs legal that and non-legal ones. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's totally, totally. And I think people might even underestimate the amount that the legal ones can yeah. do on our sleep. You know, I can tell, 
almost like, uh, you know, very high, um, aptitude of when I look at people's stats. So every client I work with, um, has sleep trackers. And so I have the dashboard of all of their stats every day. And I can just know the most common ones are they drank, um, the night before and often, you know, you're like, Oh, well, I stopped drinking like, you know, an hour or two before bed. Uh, still I often see, even if they're making early, it's such a kind of bad news insight for many people. Um, but it can be empowering because then we know that this is an element that's really right. Impacting those things. Um, so the timing of that, and also the timing of, um, just these meal timings, even what can seem like just boring like not even so dramatic of things. Uh, oh, I just had some extra yogurt. I had this da, da, da. and yet it, uh, can show up quite measurably on our, um, biometrics that relate to the ability for us to recover throughout the course of the night. Yeah. So I know we've talked a lot about the, the upfront aspect of getting ready, setting your circadian rhythm, like looking at the different environmental factors. Why? why get better sleep? Like, what does that have to do with, and in this instance, just considering the audience with, because you've worked with people who have businesses, entrepreneurs, you know, even poker players are entrepreneurs, right? They're, they're making the money for themselves. What does that have to do with your performance or your capability to make more money? Let's say, you know, whatever are the components that go into that, right? So why do this? Why spend all this extra effort, time, money, energy, whether you're investing in gadgets or systems or, you know, the right supplements, like why do that? Yeah, really good question. So the why, um, and I think it's a really important one too, because so many of us are sleep deprived. So it just becomes like the new norm to have yeah. this, right? Like just kind of lowering. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, in uh, 2020, you know, insomnia um, was Googled more than it's ever been Googled since we've been searching, you know, logging keywords. You know, there's been kind of an uptick for a number of people of, um, difficulty in this area. Uh, so, you know, if we, if we gauge how we're doing based on how other people are doing, it's probably, you know, uh, it's a dirty correlation there. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so from that place, then, uh, what you want to start getting connected to is one, even, um, you know, I won't belabor too much just cause I think uh, many of us have an inkling like, oh yeah, sleep is important. Um, uh, but you know, we really s- struggle to find, uh, areas that this doesn't negatively impact in, um, virtually every area of life. It seems to have a certain, like if you even just go on PubMed search, um, sleep deprivation and just the number of results that come up in so many different factors. Um, and so it's just listed as a, um, you know, a, a concern for all cause mortality which, you know, it's just one of those, um, kind of ever, you know, reaching terms to, it's just all the things that you could possibly do. Uh, this is, seems to be impacting by doing this one thing consistently night after night. Mm. Um, and you know, I, I think an improperly answered to one of your questions about, can you reverse some of these things? The concern, uh, for the, uh, particularly around the neurodegenerative issues is that it doesn't seem clear that you can really reverse. Uh, so, you know, either, uh, starting today, you know, really beginning to at least begin now. So the sooner, the better, um, at least seems to be an important place to begin. Uh, so it, but it doesn't seem clear that like, okay, yes, yeah, so you can reverse 30 years of kind of a mismanagement of sleep. Um, you know, in, in my story, uh, you know, I was, I was uh, entrepreneur 
were in Manhattan burning the candle at both ends and, uh, you know, really mismanaging my sleep for many years. And it wasn't until went through a period of insomnia while traveling internationally that it really, you know, just hit rock bottom and then something had to give. And so ensued this whole kind of quest around optimizing of sleep. Um, but what's likely is if I didn't have that sort of breakdown, then I probably knowing me would have been doing a lot of the same things, uh, and had sustained, you know, more and more years of that. Many people that come my way have been, you know, managing their sleep or having the experience of not being able to get sleep for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, so no matter where we're at, what we also don't want to discourage because it's a sense that uh, no matter where you begin, uh, the time is now to really enact um, a sense of uh, reverence for this area. But then also one of the things that I see too is once we start uh, shifting the relationship to this area, oh my goodness, people can get like addicted to feeling good of, oh my, I can feel ready and refreshed each day. I mean, this is just a whole new way to experience life. Uh, so that's the other element of it that can be the positive side of things. Yeah. I love that. I mean, it really helps with that focus and that clarity and think about all the time that we waste, you know, not being productive and having something set us up so successfully to be productive at the very start of the day. Um, and really, you know, kind of an ultimate way to spend a little time on your sleep. So you can save a lot of time during your day, um, yes. to really spend it the way that you want and not just be in this place of constantly trying to be motivated, get motivated, have more energy, you know, like we've all had that second, third or fourth cup of some kind of caffeine, um, yeah. to help us keep going. And what if, what if you didn't need that is kind of the, the thing to think about and connect us to that desired state. And I love how you shared about, it doesn't like one, yes, you can reduce your risk of severe, you know, diseases that could be coming down the, because everybody has predispositions to something. So yeah. if we're feeding into it, then we're enabling that thing to happen, but there's ways of at least stopping the progression of it and continuing mm-hmm. to enjoy this life that we're living now, right? Mm-hmm. Not the, uh, the life we want to be living in 10 years, but p- calling that into our life right now. And it starts really with taking care of ourselves. Yes. Oh, so well said. And, um, you know, I know I mentioned the neurodegenerative issues and the concerns there, but there can be so many things, um, that people can be quite shocked about of their ability actually to make an impact, uh, measurably. So things like, for instance, um, heart rate and being able to lower that throughout the course of the night, based on a series of things that we might take on improving things like heart rate variability, which is a really great, um, measurement of your ability to be recovered throughout the course of, well, throughout the course of your day, but if we're measuring nocturnal HRV, uh, how recovered you were throughout the night. So all of these things can really improve. Um, and it can really be gamified because it doesn't have to take years for some of these things to start moving the needle. Um, we can really do that if we make a concerted effort to make that shift. That's awesome. Um, you shared so much information. I truly appreciate it. And I know you have some stuff to share with people here who are listening right now. Um, can you share a little bit more about how people can get in touch with you and how can they learn a little bit more and maybe some first steps and what they can start doing today? Yes, absolutely. So no matter where you are in this conversation, uh, our commitment is that there's uh, a next level that you can bring to the skill set of your sleep. Uh, so from that place at um, sleepisaskill.com, we really have it act as like a bucket for all the things. There's lots of different uh, things that you can kind of um, actions you can take on there and things that you can get. So one, we have a um, free sleep assessment there that will give you a targeted 
automated um, uh, email back with lots of resources based on exactly what you're dealing with with your sleep. Uh, that also gets you our free weekly newsletter. We're on 148 um, issues of that every single Monday. So when we aim to be, make that one of the most obsessive um, kind of sleep newsletters out there, and we aim to give lots of cool stats, um, experiments, news. Uh, we include our weekly podcast, sleep, um, our sleep is a skill podcast. So all kinds of kind of, uh, free resources every single week that you can be engaging with to up level your sleep. And we also make it aim to make it really interactive. So you can respond to that email, get, you know, information back and what have you. Uh, and then in addition to that, we also have, um, by, uh, on the website, you can also get our free optimized bedroom. So 18 strategic strategic tips uh, to upgrade your space, both low tech and high tech uh, to shift that to really improve and optimize your sleep. Uh, and then if you are struggling to, and really want some um, partnership in this area, and then we do have 90 day packages, uh, one-on-one and also cohorts, um, as well. And so uh, we aim to have lots of different offerings for no matter where you're at, uh, to make that difference in this area. Cause it just is so all impacting. Uh, and then if you just even have like a one-off question or what have you, we have a little sleep bot on our website too, to kind of capture, uh, any, you know, questions that might arise down the road. Awesome. It sounds like you're really trying to anticipate and take care of everybody and give them the information they need so that they can start getting some of those quick wins. Right. And really start, you know, really start living more impactfully. Right. And having all of that really hinge on your ability to have a great night's rest, (laughs) feeling like a mattress commercial right now. So (laughs) (laughs) yes. um, any, anything else that you'd love to share or have people kind of, um, you know, take note of? Um, I think just really stepping into this context that sleep really is a skill. Uh, you know, I think there can be that question mark. I'm like, really? But you know, it's this like given thing that we get since birth. Uh, asterisks, like babies have to be sleep trained. We do not know how yes. to innately fall asleep on our own. We have to teach people to tap into an internal resource. And I have seen plenty of adults lose that skill set as they've gotten older and become dependent on external substances, AKA like ambient and other things like that. So it is absolutely like just seeing it from other, you know, from my vantage point with kids and other people, absolutely a skill set. Yes. And so standing in that, then it kind of, um, I think can, uh, shed the context of like these labels that we might have. Well, I'm a bad sleeper. Well, I'm a night owl. Well, I'm a this, I'm a that. Cause you know, certainly, and I'm saying that cause I said all those things for so many years. Uh, and so just this thinking that it's fixed and it's just the way it is. And we got to either survive it. You, they've got a good card or a bad card, a bad lot in life, good, card, whatever, you know, and yet, uh, three hours of sleep a night. Right. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and so instead by standing from this context that it's a skill set, then we can begin sort of with a blank canvas and then like any skill set. Okay. Let's start at one-on-one where we at. Okay. Upgrade and up level, uh, and really actually dare I say, have fun with this area of, um, improving this part of our health and well-being. You know, we, many of us at the start of each year, okay, well, I'm going to take on signing up for the gym. Yeah. I'm, you know, going to get that nutritionist. I'm going to this, that, and the other. 
together. And yet sleep has been this kind of forgotten piece uh, that really, I believe it acts as the first step in wellness and the first foundational step. And then you can take on all those other things with gusto. Uh, but it's challenging to do that without this area handled. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. I absolutely know that lack of sleep, sleep deprivation, all that has your ability to has a huge impact on someone's performance physically, mentally, and all aspects in between. Um, Molly, thank you so much for joining me today. I super appreciate it guys. Make sure you check out all the links. They will be in the show notes for you to leverage and uh, sleepisaskill.com is absolutely a treasure trove of information for you to be able to leverage. So make sure you go and check that out. Molly, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me for the work that you do. I so appreciate it. Thanks, hon.